Happy New Year's. Cheers. Welcome to this edition of Road Trip, and I'm Allie Clifton, Richard Jefferson. I'm going to introduce this all again because, one, we haven't been here for a minute. Two, he is not Channing Fry. His name is Kendrick. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kendrick, thanks for joining us. Uh, really quick for the both of you. I think we talked about this last year, but it just happened to me the other day. How many days can you go within the new year saying Happy New Year? When do we stop saying that? Um, all of January. All no, of January. All of January. Every all time January. you see so every time you see someone, visually see someone that you haven't seen in the new year, you gotta say happy new year. Like I'm like happy new year. You see, I'm holding up this water. It's because I started my diet. Damn it. I started oh, my diet. There I we dropped go. The Dr. Let's Peppers. dive in. Yeah, I dropped the sugars. Happy New Year. There we go. Wait, hang on. You drop sugars, all sugars, natural sugars? No. What are you allowed to be not allowed? Sodas. 12 go, per, per go through 12 I, sodas in a dinner. Yeah, I know. I stopped the sodas. That's I my guy. I stopped the sodas and I stopped the carbs and I stopped the sweets. Okay. okay so what is it? Okay. A day in the life of Kendrick Perkins food wise. What does that look like? It, so, so it's been ex no breakfast whatsoever. And if Good. I do it, if I do right, it's just some eggs, right? Okay, that's it. Egg whites. How many? I, I have two big ass salads throughout the day. That's it. Oh, with a good. lot of protein in it. Yeah, salmon, right. salmon, or chicken or whatever. Not now, fried look, chicken, right? Not fried chicken. No, baldy. Not fried chicken. <laughs> Grilled chicken. Okay, I understand the process. Last night, it was a struggle, though. I got to my hotel room. It was a struggle. It was a struggle. I tried to call room service. It was closed. You know, they had the M&Ms in the, in, the, in the mini bar, and it was just, like, so tempting. I wanted the Coke so bad. But I'm, I'm, I'm getting through it. I'm proud of you, man, because there's an addiction to sugar. There's an addiction to sugar. No, just in general. No, I'm saying, bro, it takes like three to six months for your body to wean off the amount of whether it's carbs, sugars, whatever it is. It takes your body time to do it. So See, see this is the part that I don't like about you. It's a lot of things that I don't like about you. But then when you try to see Ali, he tries to step into these other fields like he just know them so well. Now, all of a sudden, he's an expert. On I'm the right? Another day he'll be an expert in something else. Like no, hang on, hang on, Perk. Let Wait. me let me actually defend you here and say let's not give him that much credit. You don't have to be an expert to know that sugar is an addiction. Thank you. <laughs> let's thank not give you. Him that much credit. Thank you. Thank you. And I you, say Perk. that too from the standpoint, Perk, because you know how many times in my life I've tried to cut out sugar and I fail every time. It's freaking hard. Well, yeah, yeah. Way to give yeah. him a boost of confidence there, Allie. She's My like, point I is, I'm proud of you. I good luck, you. But good luck, Perk. <laughs> well, truth, truthfully, and when you when you nail it, here's here's my um, confidence in you. When you nail it, let's have a chat. I need the recipe uh, in order to be successful with it, and I need to know how you did it because it is freaking hard, and I'm proud mm -hmm. of you for doing it. Having said that, I do have a couple follow-ups for you. So you had two big salads. You put protein on it. What kind of dressing do you use? Don't tell no. me salt and pepper, oil, oil and vinegar. I, I don't use dressing. I'm not. I'm not a dressing guy. I don't. I don't do ranch. I don't do. Uh, so you, know, you stop the gravy. You stop the gravy no, salads. No. Yeah. I'm just. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm not, I'm not a big, I'm not a big dressing guy. Just like if I was to go order chicken tenders, right? I'm not a dipper. Like I don't do all the ranching. Like I'm not a dipper. Oh. I can actually 
go to like Chick Fil A and not get sauces. Like I'm not a dipper. I'm not. A, okay. So I literally okay. load the salad up with protein and you know tomatoes, and I just go to work and I'm good. Okay, that's good. And you must season that grilled chicken really well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's the key there. What's the lot of? Can, can so, we? Can we? Yeah, can, can we circle back to something real quick? Please. I'm not. Look, we're gonna. I'm gonna circle back. That means we're gonna leave this. We're gonna leave this topic and go back to other topic. Okay, that's fine. You're allowed to say <laughs> Happy New Year for the first month uh-huh. of the year. For the first month, because if I haven't seen you and it's January 27th, we still got 11 more months to go this year. We got 11 more months to go. So, like, hey, I hope you have a great new year. I hope you have a happy new year. I think that's 100% fair. Once you get into February, fuck off. Leave me alone. I was going to say, in my defense, after 15 days, if I haven't seen you in the new year, then maybe you don't deserve a happy new year from me. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. I'm just kidding. That's rude, Allie. Um, All right. Well, happy new year to you guys and all of our listeners, of course. We're back. Here we are. Um, And we're going to start off hot with Kendrick Perkins. Guys, a lot has happened in the NBA. I feel like it happens every single day. So, um, I'm going to throw you, I'm going to throw you a little lob, a little lob. Um, <laughs> how about this? Wimby notched his first triple double. Did you see that rich? Yeah. His first I saw triple that. Double in just 21 minutes, one thirty-one-eight win over the Pistons. Uh, pop says he's receiving some, uh, of the same media criticism LeBron did his rookie year. I Perk, we haven't had you since Wimby came into the NBA on our podcast. The triple double, what you're seeing from Wimby, the the thoughts from Greg Popovich. Well, let me say this, okay? Yes. Every every player that's trying to accomplish and win you know, goals and win accolades for us, like the defensive player of the year and the MVP, they need to get that out of the way right now in the next three years. Because after that, it's gonna be it's gonna belong to Victor Wimbanyama. He is going to be the best player on the floor for like the next 10 years. After after the three-year span, he's going to be the best player on both ends of the floor. He's going to win multiple MVPs. He's going to win multiple Defensive Player of the Year awards. And he's going to continue to get better. Okay, now, so getting the triple-double last night, <laughs> as expected, going against the Pistons. And shout out to everybody who went to the game because the tickets were on sale. You know, you could have you could have got a front row seat for fifty dollars. You know, playing <laughs> against the Pistons. Real talk, Rich. You you think I'm playing? I like you could have got a front row seat for like fifty dollars. That was that's that's a blessing to a lot of people. Just well, to go see Victor. Oh, okay? yeah, yeah. And then for Pop, like no one is criticizing Victor. I haven't heard one person criticize Victor Wimbayama. The only thing that he, people have said is like he can't win rookie of the year because of their record and what Chet Holmgren is doing. But no one is criticizing Victor. Like I, I think that's like maybe the old age getting up there with Pop, like and he's starting to like think these things in his head. But nobody, I have not heard one person say anything negative about Wimby. Not one. No, I, I agree with you, Perk, because it's mainly when you look at it, it's like the their struggles, but a lot of the criticism has been based off of like, why are they not putting out their best five-man lineup? Why can't these guys get the ball? He's never been – that's what I'm saying. Pop, no one's – Wimby has done zero wrong. 
No one looks at his team. No one has there. There's no criticism. Even then, it's like it's hard to evaluate him. We just have to watch him and enjoy what we're seeing because we can't evaluate him. We're not evaluating him on wins and losses. We're not evaluating him in that manner. We're just like, wow, when this guy fig he's already damn good now. When he figures it out, if if and when he figures it out, like Perk said, it's over for everyone else. We mm -hmm. didn't feel that way about LeBron his rookie year. We didn't feel that way about, oh, when LeBron figures it out, it's going to be over for the league. LeBron was still like 6'8", right? He was still, a, you know, 215 pounds. He, he wasn't was the... But I'm just yeah, he wasn't. He, yeah. Thank you for the five-pound fucking correction. It was actually right? a 10-pound Oh, God, whatever. My point is, is that... We never looked at Braun as like, oh, it's over for the league. That was not like, like Braun had a ton of attention, ton of criticism. Like right. Braun had a, all of it, but it was never like, when you look at him, oh, it's over. With Wimby, we're like, oh, his team sucks, it's this. But when that man figures it out, it's over for the league, mm -hmm. right? So that, so it's like all people have done is compliment them and just say, look, it's a tough situation. Chet Holmgren is, I am, I said at the beginning of the year, I thought Chet Holmgren would win Rookie of the Year because he was be in more impactful games. He's been with his team for a year. He does it on both ends of the floor. I think Chet Holmgren's going to win Rookie of the Year. And that's coming true. I'm not a fucking genius, but it's just like the Spurs are yeah. trash, so we just got to enjoy Wimby. Well, from a fucking fan, right, a, a fan of basketball, I would love to see more Wimby, like ex more minutes. But I get it, right, with, with, with Pop and the whole program and the process and it's a marathon and not a fucking sprint. I understand that. Because you got to look at a person like Yao Ming, right, like his stamp. Like Yao Ming took about, like, because of his size, seven six. Right, he could have, and the workload that he had, you know, the workload that he had his first couple of years in the league, I think that hurt him on the back end of his career. Like, y'all could have played another six or seven years if they had, quote unquote, like a load management or a system in place. So I understand what Pop is doing. I want to touch on this because, Perk, you said Wimby just turned 20 at the beginning of this month, like five days ago. He just turned 20. Oftentimes, you guys talk about players reaching their prime at what, like 28, 30-ish? That range, yep. 27. Yeah. So in three years, he's going to be 23 years old. Why do you feel at that point he's going to be ready to take over the league? Because, like, when I watched him play against Giannis, a few like a week Ooh, ago, that, that was, was a game. fucking matchup. That, that, was, that, that, that was NBA and his finest, right? Yeah. And Giannis, Giannis ended up coming out victorious. But Ali, hear me out. Yep. The way he fucking went at Giannis, the highlights that he did, like protecting the basket. I, name me one person that y'all have seen block Giannis dunk the way that Wimby did off the vert. And so when I watch it, I'm sitting up here saying to myself, I'm like, fuck. He's Having said that, what player can the way Wimby did? Well, <laughs> like, that's what, but that's what I'm saying. Giannis is a dominant figure. Giannis is this version of Shaq. When he gets going, when he gets up, Giannis has done things that we have never seen before in, in history, right? Never seen physically, speed-wise, all the comments. He's one of those unique, probably... 15 unicorns in the history of the NBA. So to have a dude that's at his peak that might be the best player in the world, we're going to give it to, you know, it's Jokic, it's Giannis, it's Embiid, might be the best player in the world. To have this rookie come and make Giannis's athleticism seem normal, seem stoppable, 
seem like, oh, here's a block. Oh, that's nothing. Oh, I'm going to go around Giannis and dunk. He can't stop me. To have a 19, 20-year-old make Giannis look mortal in his prime, and we know who came out on top. We know the physicality. We know this, but it's like, oh, if you... what. If he's doing that to prime Giannis, oh, they're fucked. They're fucked. And, and Ali, before I was interrupted, if oh, I'm you, sorry. If you watch, if you watch Wimby, and I know Richard, you know, he's big time now. He's been, you know, he's been calling games, so he's been sending more, like the pregame and shit like that. But I'm watching how he's working out with the band work and things to that nature. And here's another thing. You know when a player wants to be great. His rookie, as soon as he was drafted, he didn't go back to France. He didn't go to L.A. He didn't go down to Miami. He stayed his ass in San Antonio and put on like 12 to 15 pounds of muscle. Right? That's a, that's a player that's locked in. That's a young mm -hmm. player that knows the expectations are here, but his, ex, his expectations are even higher. That's why I'm saying, like, the okay. next three years, it's going to be his lead. We've been searching for so long to try to, like, find a new face of the lead. We want to replace LeBron with this guy, whether it's John Morant. We, we want to replace him with Luka. We want to replace him with Giannis. But the fact of the matter is, is that we haven't found that person. I think we have in Victor Wimbiyama. Like, in three years, we found that face. That guy who's gonna fill up seats every fucking night. Can, can I? Can I be? Can I be that guy? You always. You're always that guy. Jinx pinch He don't like that. I am that guy. Okay. Oh. The only player that I have ever seen where the first time I saw him, I won't say only player, the most recent player that I've seen, when it was like the first time I saw him, I was like, oh. In three, four years, he's the best player in the league. And that was Anthony Davis. Like, I saw Anthony Davis when he was destroying people in Kentucky. He's, he, I thought he was the next coming of Tim Duncan with a better jump shot and more handle. Because they got the same frame. They got the same mobility. Like, like And I was like, yo, Anthony Davis is going to be the best player in the league in three years. Now... You get him into the league. He was with USA Basketball, and you're like, oh, man, he's learning from Kobe. He's learning from Braun. He's learning from all these guys. This dude is going to be that dude. He gets to the league, and he is. He was called a top five talent for the first nine years of his career. Like, yo, this dude. But there are still, physically, he has all of it to be the most dominant player, maybe in any sport in the world. I truly believe that, like, he has the ability to be more dominant than any football player than Shohei Ohtani. Like, Shohei Ohtani is the only other person because he's a pitcher and he's a hitter. So he's doing defense, he's doing offense. Like, he's maybe the best pitcher, maybe the best hitter. Shohei Ohtani, in my opinion, is the only other person that you could even remotely compare to the potential of what Wimby can do. Wimby can be the best defensive player on the floor that is a juggernaut on the offensive end he could be an absolute juggernaut even when we look at Giannis you would be like well these are the holes in his game he can't shoot threes he can't do this but he is still a defensive player of the year and MVP there there can get to a potential where there's zero zero holes in that man's game in Wimby's game because he can shoot three he can handle it his passing is is elite it's not Jokic but it's special so there's just there's not many people in the world that you could say in any sport that can dominate 
to the potential of what Wimby does. Shohei Otani is doing it, and that's the potential we see from Wimby. Steph Curry makes you believe you can do anything, and the Curry 11s are specifically designed with ultimate bounce, grip, and stability to allow everyone to do their thing. New generations of ball players are coming up and showing the basketball world that the old rules do not apply. The future is exciting, fast, positive, and hungry. This NBA season, rock with your favorite player and rep his shoes on and off the court. The Curry 11s are perfect for both the committed and casual ballers. The UA Warp Tech makes the shoe feel like it was designed for your feet, locked in no matter what you do on the court. Stop in your tracks with dual density UA Flow cushioning and traction. It's an emergency brake that you don't even notice. Steph's 11th signature shoe steps into the second decade of his sneaker career, pulling colorway inspiration from the wonders of a positive and modernized future on and off the court. Take these kicks with you when you leave the scrimmage and rep Under Armour wherever you go. So do your thing. Change the game. The Curry 11 Future Curry is available now at currybrand.com. Speaking of Anthony Davis, I want to go there next because um, I think you were just lurking or lurking, uh, logging on, Rich. And Definitely Perk, lurking. Perk <laughs> said to me, uh, yo, Ali, Anthony Davis has been balling. Um, I, I want to start with AD. Obviously, he's only missed two games. We're 38 games through uh, in the regular season. That's always been a huge conversation with him. The way he looks physically, uh, mentally, I think, too, the way he performs from start to finish, um, averaging 29, 12, 3 uh, right now over his last 10 specifically. Um, obviously, the Lakers are in 10th in the West. They've got work to do from a winning standpoint. Where should and, and I do understand that that is a huge part of a lot of the conversations. But when you're talking defensive player of the year, you're talking those MVP kind of conversations. Where are you wrapping your head around Anthony Davis right now? And then we'll kind of transition that into the Lakers as a whole. Well, I believe Anthony Davis is Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Davis neck to neck for us, the defensive player of the year uh, uh, award. And I, and I don't think it's even close after that, to be honest with you. What, what problem, RJ? Oh, no, no, no. I was chastised earlier for interrupting you, so I'm going to stay quiet and let you finish your No, go ahead. No, if you got something to say. No, I got nothing to say. I got nothing to say. But you know what's crazy is that since game one, opening night, Anthony Davis, the criticism started, right? Oh, he disappeared against Jokic. He's not in fucking shape. And people don't realize, people who never played the fucking game of basketball don't understand, and I constantly be preaching, Look, when you go to Denver, okay, if Denver get an early lead on you and you have to bang, Anthony Davis has – look, the one thing we can say, he has sacrificed and committed to the team and said, you know what, I will play the center position. So that means I have to guard Jokic and go at Jokic offensively. When you get down to the Denver Nuggets in, in Denver and you're down by double figures, you might as well call it a wrap, all right, because it's – it's so hard with that altitude, it's going to kick your ass. And so everybody's like, oh, what did Anthony Davis do this offseason? And he looks out of shape. I'm like, it's fucking game one. Ever since then, Anthony Davis has been balling out of control. He's never going to look like LeBron James from a physical uh, aspect. Neither is Jokic. Neither is Luka. That don't mean that they're not in shape. Anthony Davis is in great shape. He's been in great shape since the start of the season. He's been balling since the start of the season. Right now, what he's averaging around like 25 and 12 mm -hmm. for the season, topping topping the league in rebounds, topping the league in blocks, like and doing it on both ends of the floor. That both part. ends of the floor. 
Now, over the last month, if the Lakers were winning, one could say he would damn near be entering the MVP conversation. To be honest with you, the way he's been dominating, but I think he's finally started finding, you know, his rhythm in that offense, right? And I think Darvin Ham made a huge adjustment by moving Braun to the point. That's when that's when we started seeing the best version of AD. Okay, AD rolling to the basket, Braun lobbing it up, pocket pass. AD picking and popping for the three, on time, on target pass from LeBron James. So now we're able to see the best version of AD because now you actually have a guard, a point guard, or point forward that could deliver him the fucking ball and put him in position to be successful. You heard LeBron say the other night. He had 12 assists. Real quick. Yep, you got it. He's a way better defender than Giannis Antetokounmpo. Way better defender. Here's why. Giannis does an excellent job of, of, of meeting people at the rim. Anthony Davis does that as well. But when it comes to sliding those damn puppies on the perimeter, AD is one of one. The, the Clippers were trying to search AD out like, like it was going to be a mismatch or some shit. And AD was holding his own, whether it was Kawhi, PG, Harden, Russ, whatever the case may be. AD is one of one when it comes to big man being able to guard on the perimeter. It's him over Giannis any day of the week. As far as winning a war. Agree. No, 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 I I just, I'm I'm trying to get out of the practice of saying I agree, and then I'm going to give my points. As far as winning, as far as winning, as far as winning, as far as winning MVP, and that we all know it's tied to wins. His production is there. His availability is there. That is beautiful. It is perfect. He is doing everything, I think, in my opinion, even when you go to the final of the in-season tournament. What do you have, 40? Right? Like, he, like yep. he was... 40-20? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, let, let, he, he, that's a big moment to show up. But with a team that had taken out Milwaukee and Boston, and, like, that, that's mm-hmm. a hell of a team to show up and be like, look, Miles Turner is a good... If you don't show up, Miles Turner busts your ass. Like, if you don't show up, like, you got to... Yeah. Like, Miles Turner, like, you got to show up. Like, if you show up, you fine. But if you don't show up, Miles Turner will get hit you with a, a, a 21 and 13 very quickly with three block shots, right? So my thing about Anthony Davis right now is he's playing his best basketball. You need, the Lakers need to win more in order to get him in those conversations because ultimately defensive player of the year, MVP, and unless you get one of those stat seasons – which we've had a few of them. It should be tied to winning and and playing oh. like your 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 numbers are impacting the game to winning. That is the keyest point, and it should be the winning of the highest of levels. And Anthony Davis is doing his job and doing his job well. Now the Lakers, the Lakers, they got shit to figure out. Either they got shit to figure out, whether it's lineups, it's this. Yes, they got to get healthy. They got to get healthy, but they're, every team deals with injuries. But at the end of the day, Austin Reeves, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis have been primarily healthy and available. We talked about Anthony Davis only missing two games. So for them to be hovering at 500 or below, it's like, yes, you have had injuries. Yes, you've missed key parts. But if you tell me the Phoenix Suns haven't had their top three Right, haven't had their top three players, and they've had other stuff. So that's what I'm saying. Like, even then, when you look at the, and they're trying. No, 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 no. What I, what I'm saying is that what I'm saying is that 
the Lakers have had their top players primarily healthy. So, yes, there's puzzle pieces that got to go around them. But ultimately, if you're starting with your base, if, if the Suns were starting with their three guys primarily healthy and they'd have to figure out the pieces around, okay. But those guys have been missing big horses. The Lakers have to play better, and they got to figure that shit out. And I don't want to hear the excuses of injuries and this and that. That is true, but I just think that like we're overinflating that to make it seem that's why the Lakers are two games under 500 or right around 500. At 500. Well, like they, uh, at 500. And, and I thought they had a great. I thought they had a great win against the Clippers. Sometimes, huge but win. Sometimes, huge. But that sometimes that's what the fuck you need. Mm-hmm. That that one signature win to change the whole energy, the whole morale of the team, right? Like, guys start feeling great. You start walking up into the practice facility with a different type of energy and vibe, and you actually want to come to work. You actually want to yeah. look at your teammate and say, hey, I actually fuck with you. I like you today, right? That energy is contagious. You know how it is when you fucking losing, like, all right, Oh nah, you playing Boo Ray today on the plane? Nah, I ain't playing. I ain't <laughs> yeah, but the energy the energy gets like that when you're losing, but it's like, why are you losing? Let's just not talk about yeah, but I'm gonna say why are you losing? And it's like if you're gonna be like, hey look, guys, hey look, all right, who's playing tonight? Braun? Okay, good. A D? Okay, good. Uh, uh Austin? Good, okay. Uh, we're missing Vando and we missing we're missing, you know, Ruri. You know what I'm saying? Like you're not looking at it as like, man, we going out there shorthanded, right? We're not is that we not and again, you don't want Braun and A D to have to do too much. Austin Reeves had a huge summer, so he got off to a little slow start. Some guys have been injured in that can call. But to me, if the Lakers were playing at the ability with their injuries, they would still be in like the the sixth spot. They would have five like you can't lose the Miami at the crib with no Jimmy Butler, right? Those are losses that you can't have. Right when you're dealing with little, like I'm just saying, when you're teams, dealing with little, injuries. a lot of teams been losing to Miami with no. Jimmy but we're not Butler. talking about we're not talking about a lot of teams. We talking about the Lakers right now. And let me ask look, you. Let me ask you both this question, because I feel like you're you're saying the same thing. Just arguing. Yeah. So I, having said that, you both have played in this league for a really long time. You cover it every single day, day in and day out. We've seen the potential of the Lakers, obviously, especially in November, December, the in season tournament. You see what they're capable of. Um, you, you know, the facts of Darvin Ham in his second season. I, I know Perk, you've spoke on Darvin Ham a little bit on NBA today. You just mentioned, you like the move that he just made. Where are you with the, the criticism of Darvin? Is it fair? Is it not? And the balance of the players and that all coming together as one here, well, we are January 11th. Well, well, Allie, it is fair. And mm-hmm. look, anyone that takes on the Lakers head coaching job, If you're not doing your fucking job or you're not getting wins, you're going to be criticized. The light is going to shine upon you. You're coaching arguably the greatest franchise in sports history, right? Like one of the most winning franchises in sports history. The light will be on you. You're coaching arguably, if not the greatest player of all time. You have a guy that is a top five talent in the league on both ends of the floor. The light is going to be on you. You went to the Western Conference Finals last year with basically this same team. The light is going to be on you. It's on you to control the locker room and make sure that you have guys locked in and bought into what you want to do. And so, like, 
Darvin Ham is a great individual, right? Cool as hell. And I think in this day and age, sometimes it's hard for coaches because you have to find the balance of being that cool coach, but also that coach that would get on your ass, right? And I think now Darvin Ham has crossed over into that coach of, all right, don't fucking play with me no more. I'm holding everybody accountable. This is the moves I'm making. This is the rotations I'm rolling with. I'm going to bring D'Lo in off the bench, and this is how I'm about to fucking run my my shit. Like, yep. this is how I want it. Brian, you're at the point. I need you at the starting at the PG. This is how we're going to run it. AD, I need you rolling to the basket more, playing in the dunker spot more. So, like, putting Austin Reeves back in the starting lineup. Yeah, all that. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. it, it is fair. It is mm-hmm. fair. Like, if Joe Mazzulla was getting his ass kicked or the Celtics were at 500, the light would be on him as well. Mm-hmm. Same with any other coach. Like, T. Lou. T. Lou was getting the criticism once James Harden got, went, uh, you know, first yep. got to LA. And then all of a sudden, T. Lou had to say, you know what? I got to make tough decisions. Russell Westbrook helped him out which I still think, you know, T, knowing T. Lou, I'm not saying this, I'm just speculating, okay? Knowing T. Lou, he he loved to protect his players. So, you know, saying Russ sacrifice he might have did, I don't know. T. Lou could have had that conversation and said, look, I need you coming in off the bench. But, like, bringing, saying, you know, completely taking P.J. Tucker out of the lineup, right? Having him on the bench, he's disgruntled. Rolling with the young fella, coffee, giving him more minutes. Like elite coaches, you have high expectations for them. It's no exceptions, but you're fucking coaching the Los Angeles Lakers. And you're going to be criticized. And to your point, before you chime in, Rich, I, I will say that's the one thing I've appreciated being as close to the Lakers as I am covering them day in and day out is Darvin's never ran from you that. You do an excellent job He's- in there, by the way, Allie. Thank you, Perk. He's never ran from the noise. He's never ran from the chatter. He's always put his head down and continued to get to work. He's committed to the process. He has this big over overall perspective. You guys know this. You played on championship team, teams. You played in uh, freaking what's it called? June. You played with LeBron James. What that takes and what that looks like to have that big picture mentality. Fair. Go on, Rich. No, I just want to say how proud I am, right? Like sometimes you don't understand, you know, you have to take a step back. You have to take some time and it can be years, but like how proud of like the impact that I've had on people and to hear perk and to hear perk just, just really just, it's almost like the script. It's like perk here. Here's the script, big guy. You know what I'm saying? Just so proud of him and everything he said, the points that he was making, it was just like those hours and phone calls that we have perk the 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 time that we spend together in you know just being on set hanging out hanging going to lunch in between nba today and countdown like those things are really having a positive impact on you man and it just those are the things that make me proud man those are the things that make me proud that like i'm having that type of impact on your life um Yes. Hang on. But- because we know you're a sarcastic asshole, um, I will say that would have been a perfect opportunity, Rich, for you to just uh, follow the less is more and just say, I agree with you, Perk. That would have been yeah, no, absolutely no. And that, acceptable. And no, no, well, again, before I was interrupted, I was going to say, Perk, you've done such a great job saying every word that I would say, that's what makes me a proud 
big brother. You know what I'm saying? That's what makes me a pal big brother. Because it was like, you know, Perk used to, you know, he hit you with the the isms and the, you know, my grandpapa had a clock on Tuesdays that fucking served shrimp. And it's like, what the fuck, bro? But to hear him just spout off fact and fact and fact and fact, man, it's beautiful. Beautiful. I got nothing more to add other than I'm proud of you, Perk. I don't even know how to respond. You don't I don't have know, to. I, you know what? I'm, I'm actually going to take this as a compliment. Like you fucking should. Hundred, <laughs> but don't you also feel like it was a backhand a compliment at the same time? This is I where mean, you're going to roast your. Is there any other type of compliment? It was. It was. It was also him. Like, let me give Perk his props, but let me like, like get into this moment as well. Let me add Richard into this moment. What he does so well. What he does. Why are we breaking down the compliment that I just gave to you? I, I gave you a compliment of saying that you have really taken all of our conversations to heart, <laughs> that you've really picked up and you have learned. Well, I and I am proud I do, of you. I, I That's what I'm, I'm proud of you to hear you to hear you say that the Lakers, you know, are a greater franchise than the Celtics. To hear that, I not, right? I to I hear did you not say, that, say that. And it's fine. Look, we need to get into the details. We do not need to get into the details. But you were basically saying that, look, Darvin Ham, if you're doing that, that those are the expectations, right? Like Wimby, we said, oh, there hasn't been any unfair criticism of Wimby because you can't truly judge Wimby based off the situation he's right. in. There is no unfair criticism of Darvin Ham when you're the fucking Laker head coach. Do you guys want an example? Who's coaching the Phoenix Suns right now? A man that won a championship with the Los Angeles Lakers and then two years later would have fucking horrendous roster gets canned. That's unfair criticism of a coach. <laughs> Frank Vogel, Frank Vogel, who is a great man and a great coach and has proven time and time again that he knows how to coach basketball, he knows how to deal with superstars, knows how to put together a very good defense. When he gets fired after winning a championship, when the entire basketball community knows that that is one of the worst rosters in sports. In sports. Uh, hold, let me cut you off. Let me cut you off. Let me, damn, I hate to do this fucking shit. I hate it when I got to give him his props. But I will say this. Ali, I fucking hate it with a passion. Since I do you too, it, during the club. Oh, but since you brought it up, you and I debated. You and I debated when they traded for Bradley Bill, and I was saying Phoenix is going to be the best team in the West. It's too much fucking offensive firepower, too much efficiency. And you said, perk. His roster is not great. They're too fucking top heavy. They're gonna struggle, and it's not, if they win, it won't be this year. And I argued you down, and right now you're looking so damn bright, Ali. That, that took so fuck fucking much out of me. That's that's like that's you know you know what this moment was just now. It's like when my wife asked me to come in and and watch like the Real Housewives of. Oh. Beverly Hills or something with it. That like it took that much out of me. It took that much out of me to give you these fucking props. What? Look, look, you know what? Bro, Are we having a moment? But that's why I'm Ugh. proud of Perk. That's why I say I'm proud of Perk. Oh. He's been listening to his boy. He's been listening to Hang I'm on. not right all the time. I'm not right all the time. I might talk like I'm right all the time. I, like I, I definitely talk like I'm right all the time. I'm not right all the time, but there is one thing that there is not a single person that I work with, that I interact with. They all know that I study and learn and love this oh, shit. shit. 
right? So when I say it, it might come from an opinion, but it was based off of fucking facts. And that's why I'm so proud of Perk. He's really come. I've, you already been on the dark side. Look at you. You look like fucking Darth Vader. But I'm saying like, your way to come over to the light-skinned side. Hang on. Having said that, Rich, we'll get to the place where you can just give a compliment without complimenting yourself first. All right. This is no, a we will not. No, we will not. This is a perfect not when it time. comes to Perk or guys, this is a perfect time because we're going to transition from one struggling West team to the next, but we're going to take a, a moment. Um, and both Perk and Rich, if you don't mind, give us your top players from last week. I need you to put your thinking cap on. These are your Under Armour Game Changers of the Week. I need which player or coach has impressed you the most. Rich, you can go first. Ooh, this is going to be this going to be a crazy one. I'm going to say there's been great bit, players with better stats. There's been players with this. There's been a lot mm -hmm. of different shit. The person I'm going to say is OG Ananobi. Mm -hmm. And the reason why, there's been players with better stats, but I don't think people, people do not understand. Let me be very, very clear. Human beings do not understand how hard it is to get traded in the middle of a season, be living in a hotel, not knowing the system, not knowing your teammates, only have been one place. So this is his first change of low. Like if you're a 12 year vet and you get traded, you know, wow, okay, my car is going here. This is my place. Got the real estate agent learning the book for a player to have that on his first trade and to show up and to be seamless and to elevate, not because he's an assist guy, but just because his basketball IQ and the way he plays allows for their team to be elevated. That's not a knock on Quickly. That's not a knock on R.J. Barrett. I've just been said the, the player that has impressed me the most is the guy that got traded and his team fucking took off because he understood little things. Okay, I got to rebound. This is what I need to do. These are my spaces. Okay, and not fuck it up. Because you look at James Harden. James Harden is a huge piece. When he showed up, it takes time. It takes time. And now they're rolling. So for a guy that's like a more than a 3 and D, but he's a very good two-way player, for him to show up and be like, guys, I'm going to figure this out. Let me just figure out where I can help. And the team has taken off. That has been a that people don't understand that that shit is that happens one out of 25 times. Rich, I know you said that stats aside, but did you see that stat about him? I think the Knicks are what five and oh since they've acquired him, and he's plus 111. That's what I'm saying. It's not it, those stats, yes, those things matter. Sometimes it could be other things. But I'm saying he's not putting up 25 right. and 12. Right. He's not like, like, like RJ Barrett had 37, I, I, I think, the other night. It's not about that. It's like we did the game. Uh, we did the game in the garden on the third. You know, I think it was his second game. And just to watch the little things that he does throughout a game that has an impact and it allows the stars mm -hmm. to like flow in a different way. And he's a he's he's an imp, he's an, he it's you people that don't really understand OG. He is a very very good player that you see the impact into the stat sheet. You look at the game. He's just a positive player. Right. So that's why a lot of people wanted him. A lot of people want Pascal Siakam there. These are guys from Fred Van Fleet that was in Toronto. You look at the turnaround that he's been in mm -hmm. with with Houston and you're like, no, this whole roster was littered with these types of players, guys that understand basketball, that play the right way. That's part of the reason why they won a championship. Right. That's part of the reason why they've had success and they've waited to break it up because they knew they had a, a group of special players. OG, the rest of the league is now starting to see that, yo, this dude is a special player. And there was a lot of teams that were trying to get him. Love it. Perk. I'm actually staying with the New York Knicks. Right. Mm. 
And I'm yeah. going with the guy that I've been fighting for this entire fucking season. Jalen Wagbody Bronson. <laughs> because it's, you know, like Wag Bodies are really taking over the league right now, Alan. They you are. They Jaylen are. Wag like Wag Bodies is like, you know, like you're in shape, but you never really, you never. Yo, kid, yeah, yo, you kid. You never can really uh, get a six-pack. Like, it's always like going to be cup? a four. Yeah, like Luca, Jokic. You know what I'm saying? Like, Paul had a whack body. Paul Pierce. I had a, I had a whack body. Like, we were Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan yeah, had a whack like body. Like, K-Love. You never saw. You never saw. Like, you never see that initial, right? Like, you know, you know, yeah. Okay. Not, not you. Okay. But look, here's, here's the thing. No, no, no. I, I'm a specimen. I'm on the other Jayden, side. I'm on that other side. Jalen Bronson has been busting everybody ass. Anytime it's time for him to rise to the occasion and match up with any superstar on the floor, he has been coming out victorious and in great fashion. And I just don't understand. I just don't get it. I know people want to argue about whether he's a 1A, 1B, 1C, 1D, 1E. This is not a fucking multiple choice. He's a great basketball player. He's a great basketball player that has been doing his thing not since he put on a Nick uniform and he's doing it still this day. Jalen Bronson right now, in my opinion, okay, over the past week has solidified himself as the best point guard in the Eastern Conference. Matter of fact, he's the third, if you want to call it this, he's the third best point guard behind shit. I would say... Steph and Luca, and it's really neck to neck with Steph right now, but for the simple fact of the Warriors are struggling. But right now, the way he got the Knicks playing, the way that he has Julius Randle playing, the way that he's distributing the basketball and getting his buckets, the Knicks, matter of fact, the Knicks are the second best team in the Eastern Conference. And it's because they got that motherfucker, Jalen Bronson. So that's who I'm going with, Jalen Bronson. Okay, love it. We're going to get back to that thought. But first, Road Chippen's Game Changers of the Week are sponsored by Under Armour. Do your thing. Change the game. The Curry 11 Future Currys are available now at currybrand.com. Having said that, I do want to talk about the Knicks, but I really do want to talk about also a little bit more of the Warriors. Um, and coming off of that whole segment right there, I think it just fits. So let's go there first. They're 17 and 20. Alex, can you switch roles? Yeah, sure. For this segment, can I ask you about the Warriors? No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> can I ask you um, about the Warriors? You can't ask me about them. No, sign. Nope. That's where I take a back seat. Uh, 17 and 20 on the season. They got booed out of the Chase Center. Uh, 141 105 loss to the Pelicans. Worst home loss of the Steve Kerr era. Um, Steph Curry said after the game, I actually listened to this bite too. If things stay the same, it's the definition of insanity, right? Where do you've got everything going on with uh, the Kaminga chatter? And I know he did have a, a talk with uh, Steve Kerr, if I'm not mistaking. Um, the the Draymond Green. Such, where are you? Where do you stand, Kendrick Perkins, with the Golden State Warriors? How did you take that from Steph Curry as well? The temptations they broke up. Okay, <laughs> the five heartbeats they broke up. Okay. Hell, Belbiv DeVoe, Destiny Childs, Beyonce, Aww. Latoya Luckett, and Michelle, they broke up. Okay, new addition, Bobby Brown, he went did his own thing. It's okay for groups to break up. They've had their run. 
Now, a couple weeks ago, a month ago, Allie, you know, I went on national TV and I said, you know what? It's okay. I think it's time for Clay Thompson to have a change of scenery. Everybody blew a gasket. He's going to have a fucking statue outside the arena. No one is going to trade Trey. Now, all of a sudden, sudden, reports come out that everybody's on the table except for Steph Curry. Okay? Then, also, after they lost, after they got stumped by the Pelicans the other night, stumped out. The, the Like you said, the fans booed him. Okay, they asked Clay, hey, how do you feel about the fans booing you? You know what Steph's reply was? I'm supposed to lose sleep? So that tell you where his, I'm not Steph Clay, excuse me. That tell you where his mindset is at. He's already in negotiation with the, with the front office. Andrew Wiggins has completely checked out for whatever reason. Steve Kerr said that they lost their spirit. We're talking about a core group that has that that's a damn like they're a dynasty. They they created a, a dynasty. They lost their spirit. It's time to break it up. Here's the thing, right? The Warriors are afraid to build for the future. You drafted Moses Moody with a lottery pick. You drafted Jonathan Kaminga in a lottery. You draft, you flopped with James Wiseman, had to trade him. Like, they're afraid to build for the future. And I get it. It's because Steph Curry probably would never leave Golden State. But at the end of the day, what are you going to do? Like, if you're trying to please Steph Curry, what player can you bring in that could help him compete in the Western Conference? You can't go get a Kevin Durant. You can't go get an Anthony Davis. You can't go get a Giannis. What you gonna maybe try to get an Embiid and lure him to Golden State? What what is Golden State gonna give up that Philly? Like, what can you go get? It's time to break it up and build for the future. The Warriors are done, and I don't know why we not 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 you guys, but the world want to continue to push, push. Oh no, they have it in them. They have a couple more runs in them. They like give them one more shot. No, like it's done. It is fucking done. There. Perk, I thought you handled that role very well. Thanks. KYP, you stay right there. Richard? Okay. The Warriors are in the exact same position that the Lakers were two years ago. Two years ago, the Lakers, one of the worst teams in the league, no picks, leveraged their young players, leveraged their young players to go get Russell. They got rid of Caruso. They got rid of Kyle Kuzma. They got rid of guys KCP. that currently today, KCP, that just won a championship in, in, in Denver. They got rid of three guys that the team would, the team would sell their souls for one of those three on the roster. One of those three. They would give away half of their roster currently right now to get one of those three players back on this roster next to Braun and AD, right? Like, that's how good those guys were. That's how that was the roles that they filled with enthusiasm. The Warriors in a similar position. You have Steph, who we know is still capable, in my opinion, for three or four more years of being the best player on a championship team. He's still capable of that. His numbers say that, his percentage, his consistency. But as players get to different levels, they need the right pieces around them. 
LeBron did not have the right pieces around him. AD did not have the right pieces around him. Currently, right now, Steph does not have the right pieces around him for whatever reason. It could be players checking out. It could be players dealing with contracts. It could be players are getting injured. It could be it could be players are dealing with some some off the court issues. Those are their top four players that I just said. Chris Paul injured. Clay Thompson dealing with with contract negotiations. Andrew Wiggins, we don't know what's going on with Andrew, so we just don't know. He's not the same player, and he hasn't been injured, right? And then Draymond Green has been suspended three times this season or has missed like a ridiculous amount of time. Those are the four players around current Steph Curry. Those are the four best players, in my opinion, around Steph Curry. So when you look at that and you're like, oh, these are his five is dealing with all of this? So... There isn't a player right now. Do I believe if Draymond gets back that they'll be that they'll be healthy? I don't think they're a championship level team, but I do believe they are a team that can you know win a playoff series. And then, so for us to say it's championship or bust with the Warriors, I don't think they're there. They don't think they're there. It's not. It's not like oh we got to get back to a championship level. But I do believe that they. I, I'm saying they want to, but they're not a championship team right now. They know that. They, they do, haven't been a championship they, team for two years. They? They, they know they still have a player that can lead them to a championship. Is not then, the same why, as being a then championship. Then why are they team. holding on to it? If you, if you know, well, well, if those four guys, along with Steph Curry, is not a championship level team, then why are you holding on to it? Well, one of the reasons why, in my opinion, is you can't give them a fair assessment until you actually have Draymond Green for a sample of 20 games. Because I just hear me out. We know their numbers with him. We know their numbers without him. Now, his availability has been put in question because of some off-the-court stuff. But ultimately, if Draymond Green comes back and he's going to come back and they're going to have about 15 games before before the trade deadline. If, if they go X or Y, then you're like, okay, maybe we can get this ship somewhat back on track. If, even if Draymond Green comes back and plays well, it doesn't address Clay. It doesn't address Wiggins. And I think, honestly, I think Clay will play better when he has Draymond Green back. They've played their whole careers. He is the number one facilitator he, for their offense. He wasn't so I'm just saying, wasn't, I think... Draymond, the, the Warriors were horrible when before Draymond got suspended. That's not true. They were six and two to start the season when he first got the when he got first got suspended, and then he came back and then got suspended again. And they've been treading, they've been struggling ever since. So, and even with the drama, even with the drama of that, you talk about losing your spirit. A team can get fucking tired. My only point, I'll finish with this, is that they have a player that can lead them to a championship. They don't have the pieces around them. The Lakers, in my opinion, in the last 18 months have done putting better pieces around their two stars that have gotten closer to them being in a championship window. Hence the conference finals, like Perk called out on the trade deadline. And then this year, I think they have the pieces to make a run. The Warriors don't. So they're going to have to make a play. They're going to have to make a move because you don't give up on Steph Curry with three years. Just like the idiots that were saying, should we trade LeBron last year? You guys remember that? Should they trade LeBron? Should they let LeBron out of there? Should they trade LeBron? It was like, people were like, you don't trade LeBron. You don't trade Steph. You just keep putting the puzzle pieces together until you get a better team. That's the, But you know that's the league, not what, what they should do. What are they going to do? That's what they're going to do. What are the fucking pieces, RJ? Like, you're saying that without saying what are the pieces. Like, and who are you trading? That's not my job. Who are you trading? You trade them all. You trade them all. You trade them so, all. Uh, One, you got Chris so you're Paul. Saying, no, you got Chris so you're Paul. saying, you're saying. You're telling me that you're okay, that you, Richard Jefferson, are okay with the Warriors 
if they have to trade Clay Thompson? I am okay with them trading everybody in a tier system. Hear me out. If I'm tiering their team, Clay, in my opinion, is the last one to go. Clay is the last one to go, in my opinion. If you can get a player that actually makes your team better, let's say the Phoenix Suns are like, ah, fuck this, we want to trade, and you could get Bradley Beal. That's not happening. But if you could get an actual player that is better and still in his prime and has a contract, that's okay. Would I trade Wiggins? Yes. Would I trade Pajimski, who I love? I, I would trade him. Would I trade Moody? Would I trade Kaminga? Would I trade fucking Looney? Would I trade everybody on their roster before Draymond? I would trade Draymond. I would trade everybody on their roster before I got to Clay. So if, if Clay is the final puzzle piece that you have to build around Steph Curry to give you another championship window and Clay can go get his $35 million from somebody else, then so be it. You give him a gift. But I'm starting with that whole roster before I get to Clay. Clay is the last one. That is my opinion. Is Clay has to go because there is a chance to get you a championship window? It's like, think about Toronto. Toronto traded fucking DeMar DeRozan, who was a, like, he was a god in Toronto. Like, he, he it was Vince Carter and then him in, in, in Toronto Raptor basketball. That man was, and they no, traded him for a one year. They traded him for a one year. Vince Carter, then Kyle Lowry. Lowry. <laughs> no, but I'm, no, 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 no. But I'm saying Kyle Lowry got lipped at the time when Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan were the Okay, we, DeMar we're not about to Anyways, that. my point is yeah. this. My point is this. You trade him for a one year rental of Kawhi Leonard to go get a championship. You trade DeMar DeRozan, that dude that you drafted, that was, that grew, all the things in Toronto. If you have to make that move because there's a final piece that you can add, then then Clay becomes a DeMar DeRozan, right? We appreciate your service. We're going to move on for this one chance. But everybody else got to go before Clay. Everybody else. Don't keep Kaminga and Pajinski and Wiggins and say Clay got to go and we're going to kind of do some pieces for a trade and maybe. No, nah, fuck that. So then, so then your front office take a hit, right? Because. You just gave up on two guys that you drafted in the fucking lottery. Oh, so I don't care. That don't matter. I don't know, right? but you know what? Dunleavy's good. Dunleavy's good. Right? That was Bob, that was Bob Myers. Dunleavy's good. Dunleavy's like Bob Myers drafted those guys. Rich, that's good to know. Perk, I'm taking notes because if I don't show up and do my job, or if I do show up and do my do my job, I'm very replaceable in Rich's eyes. Gotta go. Gotta go. Oh, We're moving. That's so that is you play on to the next. Everything is not transferable, right? Like my kids. Mm -hmm. If my kids don't do well, I'm not. I can't trade them. I've already asked. <laughs> Dick. Um, okay, we're gonna end with this, putting spirit back in that of Kendrick Perkins. Um, because I know that you're gonna wanna stay in your role on this one. You said that you think the New York Knicks are the number two team in the East. They are 22 and 15, currently at number five. They've won five in a row. They're eight and two, I believe, six and four in their last ten. But you're saying that they're better than the Milwaukee Bucks, who are 25 and 12, the 76ers that are 23 and 13, and the Pacers, who are 22 and 15. Yeah, and it's yeah, they you are. And it's what? They are. They're, they're, the only team that's better than the New York Knicks in the Eastern Conference is the Boston Celtics. And now, they're better than everyone right now. So okay, fair. <laughs> yeah, but the New York Knicks are the second best team in the East. They could beat the Philadelphia 76ers in a seven-game series, and they could beat the Milwaukee Bucks in a seven-game series. Because of the style of play, the physicality, they have an identity. And see, here's the important piece that people 
seem to overlook. That motherfucker that's walking up and down the sidelines, those two, they have a head coach on one side and another head coach on another, that plays a huge part in the playoff series. And right now, if you're asking me who I have more trust in out of Tom Thibodeau or Adrian Griffin, I'm sorry, I'm going with Tom Thibodeau when it comes to scheming and, and designing to stop players or, you know, especially on the defensive side of things. Now, Mr. Bronson. <laughs> Has the cap- yes, has the capability of being the best player in any one of those series outside of Boston, okay? Julius Randle, does he have a lot to prove in the postseason? Yes, he does. But the supporting cast that they have around them, you know, with Josh Hart, I love the kid McBride. And I love what Hardenstein, Hardenstein brings to the table as well. This guy had 19 rebounds, 16 rebounds. If you just watch the way he plays, the way he hedges on the pick and roll, the way that he's already in position, how he's in a drop coverage, how he like he does everything perfect for what the Knicks need him to do. Then I'm hearing that Mitchell Robinson may be coming back. If he comes back, he might have to come in off the bench because Hardenstein, Hardenstein has been playing exceptional basketball. So I'm looking at it, and I just want everybody to think about this for a second. No one in the world, including yours truly right here, Allie, me, mm-hmm. no one in the world picked the Miami Heat last postseason to represent the Eastern Conference in the finals. Not one single person. And... They they don't they didn't have a lot of household names just like the New York Knicks though right but we just kept sleeping on them kept sleeping on them and all of a sudden we saw a person a guy by the name of Caleb Martin who should have won what's the award Eastern Conference uh, MVP like the Conference MVP he actually should have won that award over MVP over uh, uh, Jimmy Butler but what I'm saying is. We have to stop looking at these guys just because people are not talking about them over breakfast, lunch, or dinner. This New York Knicks team is fucking for real, okay? They're for real. Rich, will you yes. end your own podcast that you've owned on complimenting Perk and the New York Knicks? Come on, come on. 1,000%. Well <laughs> there are, look, no, there's people, there's people in our industry that are, that are very, very good. Um, there's some people in our industry that are entertaining. There's some other people that are informational. Perk I actually right have there, my legs crossed. You just listen, perk right, perk right now was, <laughs> yeah. as we call it, it's infotainment, right? He was informational and he was entertaining. Congratulations, perk. He is, a, he is a hundred percent accurate on what he is saying about the Knicks. Because when you break down the Milwaukee Bucks, the fact that they don't have a guard that could guard Brunson, that negates a lot of the, a lot of the issues that, that go on. You used to have Drew Holiday at the head of the defense. When you look at Philadelphia, do I really trust Philadelphia in a series, in a series, in a seven-game series, even with Maxie, even with Joel Embiid? I do worry a little bit about the lack of size Right about the lack of size for the Knicks, they don't have that. They got Hardenstein; he's been balling. You can't really count on the, uh, on Mitchell. They need one more. If they had one more defensive big or or floor spacing big, then yes, I think they could go to the Eastern Conference. I think they can go to the Eastern Conference Finals. I think it would be an upset 
if they got past the Boston Celtics. But to say that there is any team there that they should fear, especially now when they got a big defensive wing in OG Ananobi who can guard Giannis, who can guard Brooke Lopez. He could guard he could guard Joel Embiid for short stretches if you wanted to play him at the small because you know Joel Embiid will stretch out. So there are things that he allows you to do from a puzzle piece standpoint that are very unique. So there's nobody that they should look at with fear because Brunson doesn't fear anyone. That's not the way he plays. And Randall, we don't even know what he, what he, he's just a bull in a china shop. He don't know who's in front of him. He don't care who's in front of him. So if you got Brunson closing and you got shooting and defense around, you add OG, you add Josh Hart, you add Dante DiVincenzo, you add guys that are defensive minded, that are role acceptors. The Knicks are a freaking problem. Do I think they could make one more move that could elevate them to a place of they could be like an Eastern Conference favorite? Yes. Right now, they're still a sleeper. Well, they said they want to make one more move. I know. That's okay. <laughs> and the, in my opinion, the move, that's hey, when we talked with Tibbs, he said losing quickly and losing and losing RJ, we had too many wing players. So we take out two. We bring in one and give the other guys more opportunity. You give yep. Grimes more opportunity. You give Dante more opportunity. So it was like they had too much at that space. So they added a big wing that's like a 3-4 that can guard multiple positions, small ball five if you're talking about stuff like that. And then they need one more. In my opinion, they don't. They could go guard, but they need a backup center. Right, they need a backup center that can give them 10, 15, 20 minutes a night versus versus an Embiid, versus a Giannis, versus a Lopez. If they can get that, then they have a complete roster, in my opinion. They have a, a complete roster, and those are hard to build. And now, look, let me say this. I have no hidden agenda on, like, oh, I'm pushing the Knicks for this reason. They just play inspiring basketball, physical basketball, and, like, Jalen Brunson, we're talking about a guy that was the national player of the year in college, one at the highest level in college. I think he has two NCAA championship, championships, yeah. right? And he gave us a, a appetizer when he was with the Mavs, when he helped Luka go to the Western Conference. Then all of a sudden, people were questioning the $120 million signing when he went Bargain. to the Bargain. And then all of a sudden, he went to bite like a pit bull, right? Knocked Donovan Mitchell out, who everybody wanted in New York last season, out of the postseason. And now here they are knocking at the door. And with their schedule, I don't have it in front of me, but I saw it last night. They could possibly go on a 10-game winning streak. And you know where that will put them at? That will put them right at that number two spot. Long as they could avoid playing Boston, if the if the Knicks could secure that number two spot or in the Eastern – Two or three. Two or three. Yeah. And avoid Boston, you know, in the second round or whatever, they're going to the conference finals. Again, this is why I'm so proud of Perk. This is easily his best podcast that he's ever done. <clears throat> no, to add to his point, because he's been doing his homework, and I'm proud. As a game analyst, there's a little bit more in-depth things that I had to do. The what the Knicks fuck have I been doing, been, been, as, I said, As an in-game analyst, there are different roles that I have to do while calling a game, and the oh. Knicks have had, I think, the second, the, the, the second or third is top three hardest schedule. They've had the hardest strength of schedule. 
thus far. They've had like the, the amount of back-to-backs. I think they've played Milwaukee three or four times. They played Boston three. They've had the hardest schedule. So their schedule moving forward is one of the more favorable in the last in the last half of the half of the season to Perk's point. So when you say look at the schedule, it's because their front half, which they survived, it was a lot harder than their second half. That's why Perk mentioned the 10 game, the 10 game opportunity in front of them because they have now some of these teams that they should, whether it's the Charlotte, it's the Atlanta, it's the, you know, it's those teams that are in that space where you're like, they will be favored in 12 out of their next like 13 games, just from a number standpoint. So this is an opportunity for them. Good Perk, I'm proud of you, bro. Who does who does your homework for you? Who? You. Me? Who does my homework? You see, this is the thing that people don't know about me, right? What? And then we'll I'm, wrap I'm, this up. I'm not the smartest. I'm not the brightest. But boy, when I hear some shit or see some shit, <laughs> that shit sticks. I, it, I, I'll pull that shit out of my ass. I think it was like six months ago. This, this shit <laughs> has that word. I'll pull some shit out of my ass. Is it good when it comes out? Just kidding. Um, I'm proud of both of you. you. I feel like we made some strides on this podcast. (laughs) Great growth. (laughs) But um, that's another edition of Road Trippin'. Perk, you're amazing. Thank you. I appreciate (laughs) y'all.